Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is your truly TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you for checking out another edition of a live State of the Saints podcast where we talk New Orleans Saints. And on this edition, we're going to be talking about quarterback Russell Wilson and the trade rumors and also those trade rumors being linked to the New Orleans Saints. And we're also going to be talking about uh, some Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, petty uh, antics to try to get back at the New Orleans Saints. But nevertheless, thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for allowing the State of the Saints podcast to be a part of your Thursday evening. But I know when we always have these off-season shows, names always come up. I mean, it's a brand new season. Uh, you know, teams are starting to change. They're trying to get a, a competitive advantage over the other. Uh, we all know that the, the world champions of the National Football League reside in NFC South and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we all know that this is indeed a copycat league, right? I mean, anytime you see a team win, teams like, you know, start looking at that particular team and seeing what they actually did in order for them to generate success. So you have teams that are really sparing no expense to try to get themselves, you know, certain players in order for them to have the competitive advantage. I mean, look, as Saints fans, some of us, you know, question how Tampa, you know, won the championship, you know, by going out here, getting all these players. But teams seem to be doing it, too. I mean, you look at the Los Angeles Rams, uh, you know, trading Jared Goff and some first round pick for Matthew Stafford. You also hear about Derek Carr could possibly be on the move. So you look at these situations and. You know, it looked no further than Russell Wilson, man. Russell Wilson, who had an opportunity uh, to go to the Super Bowl, uh, him alongside his beautiful wife, Sierra. Uh, we know that Russell Wilson uh, won uh, the 2020 Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, so congratulations to him. So he's sitting next to Roger Goodell inside of the, the luxury box of the, of the Super Bowl. And, you know, a story came out the very next day that Russell Wilson is indeed frustrated with, you know, the, the personnel decisions of the Seattle Seahawks and the fact that he's not involved. And he's also frustrated at the fact that they have really done little to nothing to try to help him when it comes to trying to put an offensive line around him. Uh, since Russell Wilson has come into the league, he has been sacked uh, NFL record 394 times, 394 times. So that's about 43%. You know what I'm saying? I think for him dropping back the pass, eventually he's going to get sacked. That's pretty doggone high right there and Russell Wilson I mean he wants the the same thing as many franchise quarterbacks want they want to be involved in personnel decisions they want to be involved in how the team is structured going forward now they don't want to create the team but they want you to come to them and be like well what do you think about this guy what do you think about that guy and Russell Wilson hasn't got that opportunity now it all started when Russell Wilson went on the Dan Patrick show, he went on the Dan Patrick show earlier this week and he talked a little bit about, is he on a trading block? Um, and also, you know, his, his mind about, you know, having being a part of a successful franchise, check it out. What do you make of uh CBS Jason Lock and Forrest saying that Seattle had gotten, you know, calls for uh, possible, you know, uh, trade talks with you. Do you believe that, that uh, Seattle has, gotten calls yeah i definitely believe they've gotten calls for sure i think that uh you know i think anytime you're um you know you know uh, a player that 
you know, tries to produce every week and has done it for, you know, consistently, I think people are going to call for sure. And I think it's part of the process. Yeah, but you're a franchise quarterback. You're a Hall of Fame quarterback. You're not available, are you? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm available or not. That's a, that's a Seahawks <laughs> question. But I think also, I think more than anything else is, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, you, you want to win. You know, you play this game every day to wake up to win. You play this game you know, to, to be the best in the world. You know, I, you know what I hate, I hate sitting there watching other guys play the game. I, it's nothing worse. By the way, you, you looked know, miserable think, at the Super Bowl watching. Yeah, the there's, a picture, there's, a picture, there's a picture of Sierra and Roger talking. I'm sitting there just, uh, watching this game, like, you know, wishing that I was in there uh, playing. Uh, so, you know, I think that, um, I think that, you know, ultimately you, you watch the games and, you, you know, you want to do everything you can to be there. That's why we play this game. I mean, so as you can see, Russell Wilson, I mean, he was very candid. I mean, it's probably about a 16-minute interview. And, um, man, he, he spoke uh, the truth, man. He spoke his truth um, about how he felt and how frustrated he is. And and you also hear him, you know, basically throwing that out there, like, I'm pretty sure that teams are calling about me. And you also have Brandon Marshall, who was on First Things First, uh, along with Nick Wright, <laughs> Chiefs fan. Which I, I, a part of me is kind of happy that the Chiefs lost, just so uh, you know Nick Wright can get his comeuppance. But anyway, um, Brandon Marshall uh, was on first day first, and he had a little something to say about Russell Wilson and, and some of the teams that actually uh, made some calls about Russell. Check it out. And if the two can't can't come to a, a, a agreement, right. then it's time for Russ to move on. Yep. I'm hearing Jenna. You have the Bears out there. You have the Miami Dolphins. You have the Las Vegas Raiders, and you also have the New Orleans Saints who've already made calls. So Pete Carroll, it's wow. on you. Oh, so as you can see, Brandon Marshall uh, throwing the New Orleans Saints out there, Chicago Bears, as well as other teams. But he put emphasis on the fact that the New Orleans Saints made phone calls okay they made the phone calls and you know like so <laughs> you got a lot of members of the who that nation asking okay if the saints are so focused and and they believe that Jameis winston is the future of the new orleans saints then why would they make phone calls about russell wilson uh you know that's a very good question and i wish i had an answer for you but the only answer that i can come up with is is this teams want to win right and teams want to put themselves in the best position to win and like i said looking at the tampa bay buccaneers the recipe for success is going all in like you can hate the tampa bay buccaneers all you want to you can talk about the tampa bay buccaneers until you're blue in the face about how they won but they were all in they went out there they went to vegas they put it all on black and they left the, the casino with a hell of a lot of money. In this case, they left with a Lombardi trophy. So I can't knock them for that. And like I said, with success comes a lot of teams trying to mimic that success that the team had. Okay, so Russell Wilson puts the Saints in a much better position to win. Hands down, right? It's it just as simple as that. If I had a choice, and I'm pretty biased here so for some of you that have been following the State of Saints podcast since its inception. I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. Russell Wilson is my second favorite quarterback in the National Football League. Um, his first is Drew Brees. When Drew Brees retires, Russell Wilson is my favorite quarterback in the National Football League. So I'm a little biased. But Russell Wilson is a Super Bowl winning quarterback that has proven that he can win, 
proven, proven that he has all the tools to lead a team. And when you have a guy like that that is disgruntled, when you have a guy like that is frustrated and there are stories that are coming out about that, you as a franchise, you want to inquire about what the heck is going on. That I mean, it's just as simple as that. It's about winning at the end of the day, okay? Teams want to win at the end of the day. So if I were the Saints, would I go after Russell Wilson? If if I can get Russell Wilson and it doesn't involve in me selling my soul, but what I mean by that is by giving away a whole bunch of pieces in order to acquire him, then I'm all in, okay? Do I believe that Jameis Winston can do a formidable job? Yes. Do I feel like Jameis Winston can give the Saints a different dynamic at quarterback that they've been missing for the last couple of years? Yes. But we're talking about a guy who has proven that he can lead a team to a Super Bowl. He has proven that he, ha- he can win on the biggest stage. And people like that are always going to get the, the notch. They're always going to uh, get the benefit of the doubt more than a guy with a lot of upside. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Okay, so what would I give up for Russell Wilson? As much as I love this player and he has been great for the New Orleans Saints, I would give up Cam Jordan in a first round pick for Russell Wilson. Right. And the reason why I'm saying that is simple. You Cam Jordan had a down year, but we also know that Cam Jordan is a really good football player. He still has a couple of good years left and he could be a cornerstone player and he could be a leader on the Seattle Seahawks defense. And you also can give a first round pick to me. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of similar to a second round pick. The Saints are picking number 28. Okay. That's about a few draft as a few draft picks away from being in the second round. So have you really given up anything? That's kind of like that's kind of like what uh the Saints did with the Green Bay Packers a couple of years ago. They moved up in the draft to try to get Marcus Davenport. And a lot of people are saying, oh, he gave up a first round pick. But the Saints were picking at 29 or something like that that year, I think. So, really, they, they gave away a second-round pick to try to get Marcus Davenport, which, when you think about it, if you're going all in, the highest pick you would get if you win a Super Bowl is 32, right? So that's basically the second round. So I can understand the logic in that. And I can also understand, you know, if the Saints were to get rid of the first-round pick, why they would do so. And, and I'm, I'm just being real. Like, this, this game – is about the right quarterback in the right system. And we all know that Russell Wilson is looking for a team that has a good offensive line. The Saints for the last couple of years have had the best offensive line in football. Now there is a certain uh there's a certain criticism out there about Russell Wilson. And that criticism is that he runs himself into a sack, right? You're running around in the pocket, you're scrambling, you're running for your life, and all of a sudden you run your, yourself into a sack. So a lot of people are saying, well, it's his fault. Kind of similar big to big Ben Roethlisberger back in the day, right? Was the, the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line that terrible? Or was big Ben holding on to the ball too long and trying to, uh, you know, just fight, you know what I'm saying, too long instead of throwing a ball out of bounds? All I'm saying is you put a good offensive line around Russell Wilson and you let Russ cook, as they say, you will have success. You will have a lot of success in the National Football League with Russell Wilson as your quarterback. But like I said, I definitely wouldn't mind him being on the Saints team, but not, you know, not if you're going to have to sell your soul. You know, I'm not for you selling your soul and putting your team back for years to try to get a guy because 
my way of thinking is, well, if you get a guy, how are you going to build things around him? How are you going to put the little nuances together to make them successful, right? You know what I'm saying? You think about the Buccaneers. You know, Buccaneers were picking in the top 10, top 15, you know what I'm saying, 15 every single year. So they accumulated talent over the course of time. So you got a lot of these guys that, that have that elite talent. I mean, they're still on their rookie deals. And because they're on their rookie deals, you can go out here and get Tom Brady. You can go out here and get all these different other players so you can make a run at it. The Saints have been successful throughout this time, right? They've been picking in the high 20s. So you don't have that luxury, right? So you got to make sure that you're not selling your team short by going out here and getting this guy because it's only a matter of time that you'll be setting your team back in the process, right? So that's my spiel on that. That's why I think. So I want to know what you all think about it. So we're going to go ahead and go to the uh, – the chat here. And um, I also want to let everybody know that the State of the Saints podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Okay. Manscaped is the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. And they have some very good products on online right now at manscaped.com. You can use the promo code State of Saints and you can save 20%. Okay. So there's, there's great things out there, man, especially for my guys out there. You know, you want to look your best. You want to feel your best. You know what I'm saying? You want to look your best for your girl. I mean, great grooming habits is very, very important, man. So there's some great affordable products online. If you want to support the State of the Saints podcast, you want to help this, this show grow, this podcast grow, I'm asking you all for a little help and, you know, purchasing some items from Manscaped, uh, manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints to save 20%. I would really do appreciate that, all right? So thank you to Manscaped uh, for being a partner with the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. Josh and Jesus said, hi, TJ, you crazy. You ain't got no money for Russell Wilson. Plus, it would be unfair to Russell to bring him here since we're going to be broke for the next three years. Uh, let me see. And uh, can't build a team around him. I guess that's what he's saying. Uh, no, nah, look, th this is the thing. How many times have we seen this before, Josh? You know, we, we fall – we we fall all on the floor and we get all depressed and be like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And we do all these different things when it comes to the Saints, right? When they over the cap. I mean, we've seen this before. A couple of years ago, the Saints were like, you know what I'm saying? Like almost $100 million, you know what I'm saying, over the cap. They were in cap hell before. And all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? They were able to build a team, a, a really good football team. I mean, look, we, we got to stop falling in love with these numbers and, and just think that it's going to be our detriment. You have a good front office. You 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 take these guys' uh, salaries and you put it up front. You turn it into signing bonuses and you're able to move some things around. And you also, you know, build through the draft, which the Saints have proven that they can do. And you still can build a team around them. There's a reason why the New Orleans Saints, according to Vegas right now, still have the eight best odds to win the Super Bowl is because they structured themselves and built themselves a team that is really good. Okay. And, and, and even though we love Drew Brees, they have built a team for life after Drew Brees. So just because with right now they're about 70 some million dollars over the cap. Okay. Uh, we know Drew Brees, uh, you know, brought his salary all the way down to a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? It took like a 23, $24 million pay cut. And all you got to do is restructure some other guys' deals to, you know what I'm saying, make sure that they're you know, in favor of the team and you got yourself something. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not too 
worried or concerned about can you build a team around West Russell Wilson? This still is a good football team. You know, like I, I understand you got to sign some guys. I understand that some guys are you're going to have to get rid of, but that's just the reality of it all. That's just it. But I believe in this football team. The way that they've been drafting over the past couple of years has been really, really good. The fact that they've been making some really good decisions when it comes to draft picks, when it comes to undrafted free agent, when it comes to free agents coming in and making an impact over the last couple of years, I believe in this football team. So, I mean, we can talk about money all day, but I don't buy into that. I mean, I've seen it worse. Like, I'm telling you, right before the Saints actually turned the corner, you know, when you had like still had Junior Gallette and all them cats on the book, the Saints still found a way uh, to make it work, and they've been relevant ever since. So I'm not concerned about that, Josh, and I, I don't think you should neither, man, to, to be honest with you. The so close ain't. Well, the Saints are still a relevant football team. All right? I I, I just don't understand it. And, and since I'm pretty sure the person that's saying this is probably a Tampa Bay fan, I need to ask y'all a question. I, I really do. I, I really need to ask y'all a question. Since when does a team that has never or hasn't been to the playoffs in the last 15 years has had losing season after losing season after losing season? They win one, they go on one playoff run, and it just automatically expounds expounds them from mediocrity or something. Like I, I really just don't understand it. I'm telling you this, and you can call me salty and you can call me anything you want to, but the Saints are still a better football team and franchise than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan trying to convince me that they're better than New Orleans Saints because they got one more championship than the Saints. It's like a a person that loves basketball trying to convince me that Robert Ory is a better basketball player than Michael Jordan because Robert Ory has seven championships and Michael Jordan has six. That, that's what this is to me. I don't care what you all want. I'm happy that you won. Congratulations that you won. But the fact that y'all think that y'all come, you know what I'm saying, can now solidify yourself and say that y'all the best, I think that that's laughable, okay? Y'all the best this season. But make no mistake about it, the Saints have been carrying this division for the last couple of years. And what's the difference between y'all and Atlanta and Carolina? You know what I'm saying? The fact, the only difference is that y'all won. If Carolina would have beat the Denver Broncos, then they would have been saying the same thing. If the Atlanta Falcons would have beat the Patriots, they would have been saying the same thing. The only difference is y'all hoped and y'all prayed and y'all wished and y'all won. And all of a sudden, now y'all think that y'all just leaps and bounds better. You're not. All right. Look, the Philadelphia Eagles won a championship a couple of years ago. Tell me what they've done since then. Right, you got bragging rights right now. I will give you bragging rights. You have bragging rights. You you have the right to say that you are the best team in the world because you have proven that and you have beaten all the teams. But for you to say that you all own the division, that's laughable. You you have not been better than the Saints. This is the first time you all made the playoffs since 2007, and that still means something to me. This is another example. This is like you got three guys outside trying to make a trick shot, right? You got, you know what I'm saying? They they, they probably like about 20, 30 feet away, and they try to hit a, a sky hook in the air, right, to go through the hoop. They keep doing it. They keep doing it. They missing. They missing. 
all of a sudden, you have one guy that just been in our house the whole entire time, comes out there, he says, give me the ball. And then he throws the hook, and it goes in, and everybody go, oh, oh. And they be like, do it again, do it again. And he say, nah, man, I'm done. And he leaves on a high note. That's what y'all are right now. The Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, and the New Orleans Saints have been carrying this division for the past 15 years. You all have come in. Y'all made the right moves. Y'all made the right decisions, and I will give y'all that. But for y'all to say that y'all are better than all of those teams and we're supposed to just forget about the fact that y'all stunk for the past 15? Like, give me a break, man. Like I said, y'all have bragging rights. But for y'all to say that y'all are the best and y'all run the South, the Saints won the South. And y'all can say, oh, man, y'all can have that regular season title. Well, we'll take it. We'll take it for right now. Until you all win the division, the Saints prove that they were the NFC South champions they, by beating you all twice. Y'all caught the Saints at a, at a very good time when you had injuries to Taysom Hill. The guy, uh, Deontay Harris, who was killing y'all in the first half, uh, Devin White actually grabbed him by an already injured neck to take him out of the game. Let, let's make sure that we make that perfectly clear. And y'all got over the hump. Great. You know what I'm saying? Y'all ran the gauntlet. Congratulations. But for y'all to say that y'all better than New Orleans Saints is laughable to me. Straight up laughable. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Saints have been consistently winning over the past four years. And we can all agree, whether you want to or not, and some of you probably won't agree to this because it doesn't work in your favor and you were happy about it. But back in 2018, everybody knows that the Saints should have went to the Super Bowl. Tommy Lee Lewis gets hit by Nikhil Roby Coleman and they didn't call that pass interference. If they would have called that pass interference, the Saints would have won the game and would have went to the Super Bowl. So, and it's not like I'm being far-fetched or anything like that because the NFL office actually called the Saints and said that they screwed it up and they made a mistake. So, with that being said, miss me with that stuff about the so-close Saints. The Saints actually were supposed to get over the hump at least one year but the NFL took it from them. So, like I said, congratulations to y'all. Y'all won. But to me, you know, this is like Robert Ory saying he's better than Michael Jordan. He's not. Tim says, TJ, is it true the Bucks fans are starting a petition to get a billboard in New Orleans saying we that? Yeah, that's true, man. Uh, Yeah, they're trying to get it, but it won't happen. I mean, we've seen this back in 2018 when – Ironically, the NFC Championship game happened, right? The NFC Championship game happened back in 2018. The Saints end up, you know, losing off their controversial non-PI call. And the Atlanta Falcon fans were trying to get a billboard in Louisiana, up, but they couldn't do it because no billboard company in the state of Louisiana will allow them to do it. So uh, what his name is, uh, Samer Ali or whatever like that, you know, like I think he's the guy that's orchestrating this. So all those people that, that donated to the GoFundMe, um, you know, th that donated to the GoFundMe, the $3,600 that they raised, he actually grifted y'all because there's no way in the world, there is no possible way on God's green earth that anybody is going to allow an opposing team in the state of Louisiana to put a billboard up saying we did. So that man got, that man finessed y'all out of $3,600. <laughs> And if you don't believe me, like go go look at the article when I'm talking about back in 2018, how the Falcon fans were trying to do that and they weren't successful. 
Just just FYI, man. Just FYI. Um uh, trying to see. I had a $4.99 donation. I apologize. Whoever whoever it was, uh, feel free. I, I apologize. Somebody uh get a $4.99 donation. Uh, I passed it up. I can't go back to it. Uh, if you can, if the person that donated that four nine nine can uh, retype their statement without making a donation, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate it. I'll read it and I apologize for that. Uh, we'll always be better than y'all. Um, I don't know, know what you're talking about there. The rest won the game. Act Chiefs fans dead. Laughing. Y'all can make up your mind first is Jameis, then is Stafford, then maybe Rodgers, then back to Jameis. Now y'all on Wilson. Stop flip-flopping. Jameis is the most realistic option. Overtime is not about flip-flopping. It's about news stories. You know what I'm saying? It's about news stories. And when these stories are connected to the New Orleans Saints, you got to talk about it. And you know what I'm saying? And the question is, like, is it logical? And you know what I'm saying? They are logical. Every situation, you know what I'm saying, you can see some logic behind it. So just because you're out here saying, you know, just because I say I can, I like Matthew Stafford or I like Russell Wilson, it doesn't mean that I, I don't care about Jameis Winston. If the Saints go with Jameis Winston, then I back that decision. But the question is, like, can I realistically see this happening? Like, could I see this working in the Saints' favor if they were to acquire any of these guys? Absolutely. So I stand by that. You know, that, that makes that makes, you know. It, it makes logical sense. Like any one of these guys, you can see the Saints being successful with them. All them good years for Aints. How many Lombardi trophies y'all got? I mean, no, we we ain't got any. We ain't got we ain't got no trophies. But like that that's the thing. That's that's the misconception about this world today. You know what I'm saying? It's about the world has programmed us to believe that if you don't have a bunch of championships or, you know what I'm saying, a bunch of gold rings or a bunch of, you know what I'm saying, wins, then all of a sudden, like, you're a failure. I'll give you a prime example, right? Okay, I went to Jackson State University. Jackson State, for four consecutive years, went to the SWAC championship. And they were successful all four of those years, right? You know what I'm saying? Do I feel like the, the Jackson State Tigers were unsuccessful uh, college football team? Absolutely not. My logic is, you can't win if you don't go. That I mean, it's just as simple as that. You can try to put it in any type of way that you want to. If you can't get there, then there's no way that you can win. The Saints cannot have not gotten over the hump. I will agree to that. But I'd rather the Saints go to the playoffs every single year, you know what I'm saying, and, and have an opportunity than for them not to show up at all. Like this is what this is what this is what Tampa Bay and other fans of the NFC South are trying to convince you. They're trying to convince you that you're playing for absolutely nothing. That's that's so untrue. That is so untrue. You know what I'm saying? Like there's only I think a coach said this. Only one team at the end of the year is happy, right? You know what I'm saying? Like there's only there only can be one champion. So. Are the Cleveland Browns a failure uh, franchise, you know what I'm saying? Because for the first time, they went to the playoffs and, and I don't know how long. No. Are the Buffalo Bills, for the first time since 1995, you know what I'm saying, went past the divisional round to the AFC Championship. Are they a failure of a franchise? No. I hate this this, this perception. 
that if you're, if you're not a champion, then you're a failure. I I, I don't like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just don't, I don't get it. Like I said, that's, that's the Mayweather complex, right? Floyd Mayweather never lost a boxing match. He never lost a boxing match. So because of that, everybody feels like when you lose, you're a failure, right? If you don't have a, a, a goose egg by your record, then you're a failure. I don't feel that way. I would go rather go to the playoffs every single year and try to make it to the championship than to not go at all. To then to sit on a couch and wait with bated breath for a team to fail so I can feel better about myself. Like I said, I mean, that's just the way I think. The Saints to me are a more successful franchise than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have more championships, but like I said, that's like the argument of Robert Ory being better than Michael Jordan. Is Robert Ory like in a, in a, in a is is Robert Ory better than Michael Jordan? Absolutely not. You you ask anybody out there, is Robert Ory better than Michael Jordan? They will tell you no. But he got more championships than Michael Jordan. Does that make him does that make him better? No, it does not. So miss me with that. Y'all, y'all won, but y'all still are not a successful franchise. These Bucks fans are talking like they have winning franchise every year and are on some type of dynasty run. Please stop. That's see, that's the thing. I want look, I don't mind, I don't mind them being happy. But for them to like try to come out the woodworks and, and make it seem like you know they're much better than what they have been. When let's just be honest, they bought the farm in order for them to get that. Right now, you know, right now they're the Denver Broncos of 2014, 2015, right? When they got paid man, when they went out here and they got the Marcus Ware, and they went out here and got a key to leave, and they went out here and got all these different players to be around paid man in order for them to make that championship run. Now, please tell me what have the Denver Broncos done since Peyton Manning has retired? Nothing, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all still have the same issues. Y'all still, like, y'all still, y'all still have the stench of mediocrity. Y'all still have the stench of, of failure. You know what I'm saying? Like, right now, you all are, uh, you all have put cologne on a musty body. You know what I'm saying? Like, look. You might smell good for a minute, but if you get a little closer, you still stink. You still have to continue to win. You have to continue to generate success, right? You know what I'm saying? Like that that's bragging rights are justified right now. Bragging rights are justified right now. But for them to say that they better than the Saints when they have not been to the playoffs in 15 years before they actually made it to the, to the playoffs this year is laughable. And the only people that actually believe that narrative are Buccaneers fans. The only people. Give them to the start of the new league uh, year to gloat. Yeah, I, I will give them that. I don't look. I don't mind about the gloating. Shouts out to Josh. You know what I'm saying? Who, who's constantly here? Respect to him. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to all the Buccaneers fans that come through and, and that support the State of the Saints podcast. I want you to have bragging rights, but I want you to be realistic too. Now, I mean, honestly, I want I want realism. I want people to be real and 100% honest. Like, just because you win one year does not mean that you are, are we supposed to forget about the last 15? Like, I, I don't know, man. 
I, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand this logic. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. One of my best friends is a Buck fan uh, since done, and he even admit that it's, it was a Patriots Super Bowl. Look, they won the Super Bowl. They did the things they needed to do to win the Super Bowl. I congratulate them for that. Smart thinking, going to Vegas, putting it all on black, leaving the casino with the bread. Congratulations. Hand clap for it. But like I said, man, it still does not defeat the fact that they have not been a successful franchise. Like, they, they look, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan base, this, this is very simple. There's a reason why they're not coming at uh, Carolina Panthers fan bases like this. There's a reason why they're not coming at Falcon fan bases like this. It's because they know without a shadow of a doubt who the real fan base is. They know who the Kings are. They know who the most relevant fan bases out of all three of these, all four of these teams in NFC South is. That is why they spare no expense and even making GoFundMes in order for them to try to take shots at the Saints because they want what the Saints have. We are the most loyal and we are the lo most loyal and dependable fan base in all, of all teams in NFC South. The majority of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan base is old Patriots fans, old Tom Brady fans, and fans that just jumped on the bandwagon as they seen him moving around week nine. Now, some of you have been Buccaneers fans, and these are the people that I, I, I applaud and I'm happy for. The ones that have been holding down the Bucs for years. The ones when they suck, when people was out here embarrassed to say that they were Buccaneers fans. These are the people that I applaud. These are the people that were that been putting together, you know, like hope and optimism every single year. Those are the people I respect. But we all know who the real fan base is. We all know who everybody in the NFC South likes to mimic and tries to be like. And that's the Saints. Period. John Doe, thank you very much for the $5. Says Buck's best player wasn't on the roster last season. They brought a winning season. That's super weak, and we drug them twice. Pretty much, you know, like, like I said, they did all the right thing. I'm not going to knock them for that. I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Like, a part of me, you know what I'm saying, wish that the Saints would have that same type of enthusiasm for them to do it. I feel like, you know what I'm saying, they, they did what they needed to do to win. And that's important. But, I mean, that's just one season. And, and I think every single person in the Buccaneers – uh, you know, Buccaneers, uh, fan base or whatever, they know that they overachieved. Like, nobody really took them serious. Like, nobody took the Buccaneers serious. I want to see what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to do when they have everybody's attention. That, that's what I that's what I want to know. That is what I want to see. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what's going to happen when y'all have everybody's attention, when everybody sees you all and you get everybody's best shot? That's when I want That's when, look, we're going to see what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really are. Like, nobody really took these guys serious. Like, nobody really just stood up there and it was like, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, like nobody really knew or expected these guys to be as good as they were. So they kind of, you know, people kind of underestimated. But what's going to happen when you get every team's best 
shot. Every team. And then on top of that, like, y'all kind of got off the hook. Because the, the fact that y'all didn't win the division, y'all not even going to get a championship. Y'all not even going to get a championship schedule. The Saints are going to have to play every team's in the co- every conference championship team. Whoever won that division, the Saints got a first place schedule. What they got it? They got what a second place schedule. So you basically played the team that was struggling last season or didn't make the playoffs. So I mean, you might you know what I'm saying start off with a lot of loaded cap uh, calories. But let's see when everybody is focused on you. Let let's see how you all performed in. That that's what I want to see. Did, if y'all look, if they win a if they win a championship next year, if they go out here and they win a Super Bowl title next year, then I'll be like, okay, they they for real. I'm serious. But nobody, like I said, no, man, nobody besides like y'all didn't even take y'all self serious. Like no, like y'all didn't think y'all was gonna go to the Super Bowl. The majority, if you was to ask a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan where they're gonna go to the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. They, they would have told you, man, we might make the playoffs. Like, y'all overachieved. So miss me with that. Why would Seahawks going to trade their franchise quarterback for uh, don't make sense? Well, if a guy's disgruntled, a guy's unhappy, then, you know, I mean, and let's just say he go out there, you know, like he – well, I won't say he don't put his bet foot forward, but if, if you all – if a quarterback is not happy and he and he, you know what I'm saying he's not satisfied and he's your franchise quarterback, you gotta make sure that you're doing the right thing for your team. To be the best, you gotta beat the best, and we did that this year. But where's the consistency? Where's the consistency, man? That's all I'm saying. I feel like the Bucks got lucky getting all those players they got. It's like the Bucks got drunk. Uh, went out and bought expensive toys they could afford and got shot. And by the luck of the draw, they won a Super Bowl and not drawing attention like we all do when we get drunk. <laughs> well, look, they like I said, they did the right things. I'm not going to knock them for doing the right things. But my thing is, where's the consistency? You know what I'm saying? Like, if they consistently win, then they get my respect as, as a, a team that's, that's turning the corner. But as of right now, they milly vanilla to me. You know what I'm saying? They 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 uh gangdom style. You know what I'm saying? They mambo number five. They Sir Mix a lot, baby got back. They one hit one. You know what I'm saying? Like they they one hit one. You know. I'm talking about as far as Tom Brady. I mean, they got two uh, Super Bowls, but I'm talking about just one one hit wonders as far as I'm concerned, as far as them winning this championship. Cause nobody really saw them coming. TJ, if the Saints can pull off the Russell Wilson trade, do you? Uh, thank the team until they're a Super Bowl contender. Yes, I do. I really do. The slogan for next year is the buck stops here. <laughs> I like that, man. That's clever. Uh, beat the best. Y'all lost four years in a row. Stop it. 49 regular season wins. One controversial nine call from being in a Super Bowl. And, you know, like... So for you to say uh, that this team is unsuccessful and putting a whole bunch of like, what, what's up with people putting laughing emojis on, on top of stuff? Like, do they think they put more emphasis on what they're saying or they make it, they think that it's going to make a person feel, I don't get it. Like 
I was actually having the big with a guy on social media. And he kept on putting gifts. Like, do y'all feel like that's going to like enhance like your comment or something? I don't understand. Uh, with with Tom Josh would have uh, congrats. Look, man, shouts out to Josh, man. Like I said, man, Josh, I, man, he been holding down Tampa for a while, man. So these are the people that I respect, man. I if you've been holding down your team through the bad times, I respect it. People that just coming on board, like you see. You see Buccaneer fans who get on like these these uh, group pages, and you look at how long they've been on a group page, and it's around the same time as Tom Brady getting there in the, in the middle of the season. That's when they started to like start to flock in. I'm like, come on, man, rep your squad, like good, bad, and different. If the Saints if the Saints went five and eleven, or in this case five and twelve because of the new season, you know what I'm saying, the new seventeen game season, like I'm I'm still gonna be saying who they. A lot of them just get lost, get ghosts. Like, what's going on here? Almost every national team in Tampa um, won this season. This is some bull. Well, man, shouts out to Tampa. You know what I'm saying? Tampa, Tampa, Florida, they, they red hot right now. We own Raymond Lane Stadium. <laughs> Cardio Walker and Josh Wood are new to the winning circle. They haven't learned how to move when you win. Russ is this generation's Drew Brees, always great, but uh, somebody's always better. That, yeah, that, that, now that is true. Now that is true. Now they do, they do have some similarities in that regard. Uh, and the Bucks were nowhere to be found until Brady showed up. Hmm. Well, like teams get better every single year. So once again, uh, it's important for you to build your team to be a championship contender and go for it. So, you know, but that is true. They may not want to trade him, but I'd rather discuss the possibilities. And that's what it's all about. It's about having these discussions. It's about talking to these teams and, and seeing where they at. I'm pretty sure the Saints probably called about Carson Wentz too. Look, man, the Saints, I mean, we heard Sean Payton say this. We we seen the interviews. He says that what they do is they have these meetings and they go and they evaluate every single player. And they also see what the other teams uh, have to offer to, you know, upgrade their squad. Like, look, I'm all about loyalty, folks. I'm all about that. As this has been the narrative here on the State of the Saints podcast, I talk about loyalty, Tampa, loyalty to your quarterback. I'm all for that. But at the same time, it's about winning. It's about winning. It's about uh, championships. It's about solidifying yourself. You know what I'm saying? And doing what you need to do in order to get over the hump. Like I said, in that regards with Tampa, and I constantly, I'm keep saying this, but that's what I respect. I respect the fact that they went out there and they, they, they went for broke and they cashed in. So you want to put yourself in the best position to win. And you may want Jameis, but if there's a better alternative, and you never know. You, like, you really never know. Like, Sean Payton can say, we want Jameis. We want Jameis to be our guy. But let's just say if Jameis wants a certain amount of money that the Saints can't afford, then what you do? Then, I mean, I mean, so you, you have to, like, prepare for every possibility. Like, you can't just say, oh, it's just a short thing. We haven't heard that. These guys are capitalists, man. It's about putting yourself in the best position to provide for your family. We love football. We're football fans, but sometimes we forget the business aspect of football. It, it is a business. 
And guys are trying to put themselves in position to maximize their portfolios, so to speak. So you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket because, you know, you never know how it's going to turn out. So let's just, I mean, we got to think about that. Dada Saints, number one, thank you very much for the $5. Says the Bucks won only because the Saints and KC were banged up, especially the quarterbacks. Well, look. You catch the team at the right time, right? I mean, back in 2007, you had an undefeated Patriots team, took on a, the, the New York football giants. They played the, the New England Patriots in week 17. The Patriots ended up beating them to be to run the gauntlet and be an undefeated team going into the playoffs. They went to the Super Bowl and the Giants beat them. So the Giants caught them at the right time, right? You know what I'm saying? Like they, they caught them at a very, very vulnerable time for them. Uh, rather, it would have been the, the cockiness, the arrogance, the fact that they felt like, oh, we beat them before, you know, but nevertheless, like, man, look, this one thing, one thing you can say, and I hate to admit this, that was an impressive run, right? I mean, Taylor Heineke even played good. You know what I'm saying? Like, Taylor Heineke for the football team played good enough for them to lose that game. But they went through time, they went through Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes in order for them to win that Super Bowl. That, that's pretty impressive. That's that's like Drew, that's like Drew Brees going through Kurt Warner, Brett Favre, and Manning back in the day. Gotta give them credit for that. Okay. Regardless of how they did it, what the circumstances are, that's pretty damn impressive. So it is what it is, man. You catch teams at, at the right time sometimes. Like I think we I think we gotta admit this. Like, look at the Denver Broncos. Like, we caught them a week where every quarterback that they had was off the roster. There's no way, like that game scared the hell out of me. Like, I really feel like if Drew Locke would have played that game, we might have lost that football game. The way that Taysom Hill was playing, the way that you know what I'm saying? Like, the way that defense was playing for Denver might have been a different story. It's all about when you play a team. So, I'm not, man, I got mixed emotions about these things. I'm a Buck fan and FSU fan. Yeah, man, look, respect to you. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, if you've been holding down your squad through the bad times, I respect that, okay? The ones that don't respect is the ones that are Brady fans. But they come in and they going at Saints fans like they've been ruling with the Bucks for years. Like, come on, give me a break, man. Knock it off. Knock it off. Josh Wood, uh, where y'all been in the last decade and a half took y'all to get to a, a great quarterback to win the Super Bowl? Not only a great quarterback, but the best quarterback in the modern era. Shout out to my guy, Brandon. Hey, Brandon, man, I got to get you on the state of the game again. Talk about Pelicans, man. This man get the front row seat. At the Smoothie King Center every game, man. So I got to get you back on the show, my friend. Grown Man Business says, Breeze, inability to stretch the field is what hurt us most. I agree with that. I agree with that. But look, it's kind of a double-edged sword here, right? And something is going to get sacrificed. You have the most accurate quarterback of the modern era in Drew Breeze, most likely going to retire. Uh, most likely the guy that comes in to replace him is going to have a better arm when it comes to the deep ball better deep ball talent 
But is this guy going to be as accurate? Is he going to be able to put the ball where it needs to be, like Drew would do? You know what I'm saying? Like, the only thing that was stopping the Saints was, you know, the deep ball. Teams didn't respect it. Teams just played, you know what I'm saying, close to the line of scrimmage. You know what I'm saying? Like, they played the sticks, and they were willing to allow the Saints to dink and dunk and dink and dunk and dink and dunk down the field and hold them to field goals, right? And, and that, that was the plan. Like, teams understood, like, man, look, this man has seen everything. He done done everything. We can't really throw nothing at him we can't see. So the best thing we can do is try to hold them the field goals, right? And for the most part, man, the Saints goal line and, and red zone offense was mediocre at best. You know what I'm saying? Like, that one, like the loss of Deontay Harris and the fact that Taysom Hill didn't play in that game was huge for the Saints. Because if you think about it, those were the two guys that really were – like the X factors when the Saints blew out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because I feel like if Taysom was actually playing in that game and you can be able to run like some goal line offenses of offensive plays with Taysom, you might've scored a touchdown instead of kicking a field goal. And you would have been up 10 to nothing instead of, you know, six to nothing. You know what I'm saying? That, that was huge. That, that call back on that punt return. And also the fact that Taysom Hill, uh, not being there to run some of the uh, red zone plays, that was huge, you know. So, like I said, it's about catching teams at the right time. It's about it's about scheming. It's it's about strategy, you know. So that D was out there thumping. I mean, the defense was good, but I don't know, man. I feel like when I feel like <laughs> I knew like. As crazy as this sounds, a part of me felt when the Saints lost to the Bucks, I knew for a fact that they were probably most likely going to win the Super Bowl. A lot of this stuff was just wishful thinking because I just felt the Saints were like the only team that can stop the Bucks. The Saints were like structured to stop the Buccaneers. Like they were like the only team like across the board that had the, the tools and the strategy to beat them. That was like that, that was like the Bucks' toughest out right there getting past the saints and i think any bucks fan would agree to that you know like i mean you blew out you blew out the packers before you know what i'm saying like even when y'all played the, the Kansas city chiefs y'all lost by seven you know what i'm saying and, and respect to the football team giving a valid effort but that you know what i'm saying like a valiant effort but uh i think we all can agree that they didn't have a chance so once they beat the saints it was pretty much, you know what I'm saying, a foregone conclusion after that. Latavius Murray didn't play either, but I think you can do without Latavius. You know what I'm saying? Latavius wasn't that big of a factor because Latavius goes out there, he probably gets about 11 or 12 carries, right? He gets about 11 or 12 carries, but for the most part, you see a lot of RPO with Taysom and a lot of running plays with Alvin. So I, Latavius is important. He does a good job. But I think you could have did without him. Missing Taysom and also um, Deontay Harris leaving that game, you know, was, was huge. Any defense would be dumping if they were only defending 10 yards of field. The playoffs were Reed, Goodell, and Brady have a romance behind closed doors. The Cook fumble was killer. Yes, we had multiple turnovers, but... That was clearly the turning point. I don't think like it, it's about 
it's about when you get the turnovers, right? And where you get the turnovers. Because let's go back to the NFC Championship game when it went Tampa, right? You had Jair Alexander had two interceptions on their drives, right? But look where they got the ball at, right? Look where they got the ball at. You know what I'm saying? They got it like close, you know what I'm saying, to, you know, their their own territory, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like Green Bay got it close to their own territory. So it was almost like a glorified punt. But when the Saints were turning the ball over, like, <laughs> they, I mean, they were in like Tampa territory, you know what I'm saying, when they were doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's that's basically what it was. So it depends on where you turn the ball over. I mean, Tom Brady had what three interceptions in that game, if I'm not mistaken. He had three picks. So I mean, but look where it was though. You know what I'm saying? The the Green Bay Packers still had to drive down the field versus the Saints. Like most of the time, those turnovers came like right, you know what I'm saying? Like in, in I, I don't know, some right in Saints territory around that time. So it depends on where it was and where it was located on the field. How does New Orleans take on Russell's salary and function? They can make some things happen. I I, I don't get like so hell bent on like salary caps. You, you can make it happen. Did you hear about anything with Russell Wilson? No, I, I haven't heard anything about Russell Wilson. This is just all pure speculation right now. And honestly, it just comes off with, uh, Brandon Marshall said on first thing first. I mean, I haven't talked to any Saints reporters or anybody said that they this was there was any validity behind it. So I I, I can't say that there's any merit behind it. I guess just maybe Brandon Marshall's relationship with Russell and maybe him Russell being um open to him. Inevitable says if we don't turn the ball over, we would have won the game by multiple scores. Yeah, I mean, but in the words of uh, Jim Mora, woulda, shoulda, coulda, we didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all have these different scenarios and what would have happened. But look, man, they won at the end of the day. It hurts and frustrating, but yeah. hey, like I said, they caught them at the right time. Watch the Saints second half opening drive against the Bucks, TJ. That was the key to victory, yeah. right? Uh, run right at them, up the gut, and match their intensity. Yeah. I mean, I just think that they, I just think that that uh, punt return was huge. The fact that you didn't have Taysom in one of those red zone situations were huge. Uh, Taysom Hill missing the game was was more important to me. Like Deontay Harris was out there, like he was he was up to the task. But Taysom not being there for red zone situations were huge. Were huge. Uh, Jameis Winston can get us to the playoffs. Yeah, but can he get us to the Super Bowl? All sports are fixed. <laughs> Brady don't care about the Bum Bucks organization. His wife wanted to go to Florida. <laughs> Traded for Wilson would be worth it. Yeah, Tim, run right at the number one uh, run defense two years in a row. Smart. Yeah, real talk, but, uh, you know, the Saints had success running the football against Tampa, man. Nice. I mean, when they were running like uh, right up the gut, they were successful. When you when you trying to do halfback tosses with those athletic linebackers y'all have, they were unsuccessful. So, I mean, the Saints that offensive line ain't no slouch, but y'all linebackers are like super athletic. You know what I'm saying? That's the reason why most of the screen game was non-existent. Most of the halfback tosses and 
on the perimeter plays were like were kind of X'd out, you know, but they can run at them though. Do you think we are still a Super Bowl contender? Yes, I do. I, I do. You know, I really, I really do believe that. Yeah, I hated that Hill missed the game. I just hate how Breeze gets to keep us waiting. Well, look, it, it's a lot of lip service going on around here. You know what I'm saying? A lot of, a lot of lip service. Uh, I know Mickey Loma said that they waiting on Drew decision, but come on. We all know what Drew Brees about to do. Like, you don't take a 23, 24 million dollar pay cut if you about to come back with a team. Like, the writing is on the wall, man. He like he's gonna retire. And if he doesn't come out and, and, and announce his retirement until like the summertime, then it, it, it probably has a lot to do with the fact of if he, you know what I'm saying, is off the books, you know what I'm saying, by a certain time, then or on a certain day. Then you know what I'm saying the Saints can actually save some money. So I'm not really discouraged about the fact that we haven't heard anything from him. It could have just been a, a move to actually help the Saints moving forward. Because it's almost like if you trade a player or you cut a player at a certain time, you know what I'm saying? Like you save a certain amount of money. So that could be the case. And maybe we won't hear until maybe like you know the summer or something like that. So I think the writing is on the wall. I already read that. We blew it. Yeah, basically. You know, basically blew it. Shout out to RTP Skull Game in the building. Yeah, man. Shouts out to him, man. Shouts out to y'all. Huge. Jared Cook lost that. LOL, that laugh. Man, forget playoffs. It's all about winning the chip. I, you know, I agree with that, but. I stand by what I said. If you don't make the playoffs, you can't make it to the Super Bowl. So give me, you know what I'm saying? Get give me, uh, you know what I'm saying, opportunity to win. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Give me opportunity to win. You never know how things can turn up. Let them know buck crazy. Um, inevitable expertise laughing. You had success running when we didn't expect you to run out of nowhere well man we still got success like it's kind of different on uh, real talk when you're actually in a division with a team man i mean there's no secrets or anything like that right i mean you know the keys to victory you see these teams you know their players and tendencies so you can scheme and come up with game plans to, to give you an advantage so if you're going up against uh, other teams you know it might be tough for them because they don't see you all the time but there's no secret man you know the players Y'all know the playmakers are on the Saints team and vice versa. So I just think like all teams, all teams are designed to beat the teams within their division. It's just as simple as that. You know, like you, you structure your team around, like we structure our team around beating the Panthers, Falcons, and the Bucks. The Bucks structure their team around beating the Saints, the Panthers, and the Falcons. And, and the Falcons, like you know what I'm saying, they, they, they do the same thing, and the, and the Panthers do the same thing. There's no secrets here, man. Don't remind me of Jerry Cook. Seahawks is not letting go Wilson. Uh, they would be smoking meth. Absolutely. Oh, man, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, look, 
A lot of people would think that I want people to understand this. Okay, if you're new to the State of the Saints podcast, I don't do stories for clickbait, right? Most of the stories that I come up with are because people emailed me or I might read an article, a couple articles, and you know, I feel like it's worth talking about. And people want to discuss these matters. That that's how I do it. You know what I'm saying? I, I do I feel like and do I feel like the Seattle Seahawks would get rid of Russell Wilson? I would be highly surprised if they were to do so. But the scenario of him coming to the Saints is intriguing, right? You know what I'm saying? It's 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 almost like before Tom Brady actually came to you all. When the story came out, y'all was like, ooh, snap. You know what I'm saying? Like Tom Brady, right? You know what I'm saying? Before like it started making tractions and everything like that, right? I mean, when you like honestly, when you heard this stuff about Belichick and Brady, like, did you really expect like Tom Brady to possibly leave New England? Probably not. But when when it actually happened, you were like, oh snap, we actually got a chance to get him. So it's intriguing. And you can never say never. Never say never. Uh it could be his retirement uh to him already. Yeah, pretty much. Don't seem like he too much worried, you know. Like we are while we out here stressing about Buccaneers and all that kind of stuff, man. Drew out here on bike rides and having tea parties with his daughter. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know, you know, just looking at stuff like that just makes as a fan, just makes me realize like how how emotionally, like way too emotionally invested we are in this team. Like when the guys that actually on the field, they out here going in Miami and taking trips to the Caribbean, excuse me, the Caribbean and taking bike rides with their family and all that kind of stuff. It just makes you as a fan, like realize like, like what the hell am I doing with my life? You know what I'm saying? Like why am I over here just stressing and tripping about the Buccaneers beating us or our team better than your team? Like, nah. Bucks go game in the house, a regular state of the Saints podcast. Hello, Bucks looking, uh, making another uh, treat. Yeah, man, Bucks go game. I'm happy for this guy right here, man. And, and y'all know he's been holding it down all season long, man. So, shouts out to him. Even called called in a couple times, so respect to him. Also, real talk for Raz, man. I was on his show uh, first at the beginning of the season, man, the offseason. And uh, so, shouts out to him as well. Uh, inevitable says when Brady leaves is right back down to the basement for the sucking years. <laughs> oh man, uh, look, if the if the Buccaneers play their cards right, they can't be a successful franchise. Uh, you know, I mean, like I said, unless your team is just god awful, your front office is just god awful, you're picking in the top five, the top 10 all these years, eventually you're gonna find success, right. I mean, we've seen this with the Arizona Cardinals back in 2008, 2007, when they went to the Super Bowl, you know, and they ended up losing to the, the Steelers. Yes, they did. But, you know, what happened? What, what did they get? They got a, a old quarterback that a lot of people thought was washed up, and he went to that football team, and he legitimized them, right? That's, I mean, you think about the Denver Broncos, right? You, you have an old Washed up quarterback who people thought like his best days were behind him, and they went to back to back Super Bowls. 
So first quarterback I'm talking about was Kurt Warner with Arizona and Peyton Manning. And this is the thing about the narrative of people, right? We only remember the winners, right? You know what I'm saying? Napoleon said that history is written by the winners, right? So a guy argued with me, it was talking about when I said that I feel like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are like the Denver Broncos. He been he then went into like this big spiel about I don't know anything about football. That's what the first thing he told me. And then he talked about the year in which the, the Broncos won the Super Bowl over the Carolina Panthers. Peyton Manning was pretty much injured and damaged goods at the time. But what he didn't tell me or didn't tell anybody or didn't expound on was the fact that that was Peyton Manning's second year. One year removed from them actually making it to the Super Bowl. And, and the first year that Peyton Manning was with Denver, he he set the NFL record for most passing touchdowns. And he set an NFL record for most yards in a season. And he won league MVP that year. So the only difference is from Tom Brady and Peyton Manning was the fact that the Buccaneers won the first year that Tom Brady was there and Peyton Manning, it took him an extra year to win it. So I feel like the logic and the thought behind me comparing this as of right now, because we still don't know what the future holds, us comparing this to the Denver Broncos run, I think that's I think that's pretty fair when you think about it. So Saints still wouldn't win with Wilson. Defense suck. Uh, the defense of the Saints does not suck. Probably one of the best defensive performances I've seen from the Saints in, in years happened this year. Okay, they started off a little rough, but as guys start to get familiar with the defense, they were really good. Bucks team better now than Saints. Uh, that remains to be seen. I mean, yes, the Buccaneers beat the Saints when it matters most, but the Saints still beat the Buccaneers twice in the season. So it's if you know, if we're trying to compare, you know, what I'm saying it's it's not very far off. Okay, if you want to say that the Bucks are better than the Saints, I mean, you're basically basing that on the fact that you actually won the Super Bowl, and for that, I can't accept. Right? You know, what I'm saying like I just can't accept it. You know, they're the best. You know, what I'm saying like if you want to say that you're the best team right now, you have the bragging rights to do so. But for you to say that you're just leaps and bounds better than the Saints and nah, bro. I can't I can't accept that. If y'all would have swept the Saints and beat them three times in a row, then I would have said yes, y'all are. But for the Saints to beat you all more times than you actually beat them, the only difference is y'all beat them when it matters most. I can't accept that. I can't. We kill dragons and you on here as a sea chicken talking ish to us. Uh, I don't understand what that means. Uh, I bet uh, Loomis and Peyton coming up with ways to get Wilson right now. Possibly. You guys are in cap hell. Why do people keep saying this? Like, man, I encourage everybody. Like, for I'm going to finish reading this, man, because I'm going to give you respect. Okay? He says, uh, you guys are in cap hell. There's no way you guys get Wilson and my Hawks aren't going to trade him before June 1st because they will have $39 million in dead cap 
you guys will have to go through a full rebuild. Uh, first off, if, okay, first off, if you don't want to read into the articles about the possibility of Russell Wilson leaving your organization, don't underestimate the fact that the New Orleans Saints can't deal or can't manage their cap. Okay. So, and I, like I said, I encourage everybody to check out what the New Orleans Saints had to do after they resigned Drew Brees uh, to, at that particular time, the largest contract in NFL history. So the Saints throughout that particular time were in cap hell the majority of the time. I can't tell you how many times I've seen the New Orleans Saints have to deal with cap issues and they still get what they need and then some and they move forward. So I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. You know, I'm just not. I've seen the Saints. I've seen the Saints be like $90 million in, in cap hell. I've seen the Saints be, you know what I'm saying, over $50 million in cap hell. I've seen this before. I've seen this movie. And maybe some of you never seen it because you're not Saints fans, but I have. You know what I mean? Mickey Loomis and, uh, and his accounting team do an outstanding job. I got to say the Bucs should be in the division next year unless they blow it or we get a huge offseason pickup. Saints won, Sea Chickens won the championships, and um, Saints have won as many, if not more, games in Seattle the past two decades. Don't front. Let's see. Uh, won as many as – look, I don't have an issue. Like, look, I'm not going to make this a debate between the Saints and the Seahawks because, to me – First off, uh, shouts out to Seattle. Uh, Seattle is uh, ranked among the United States one of the, you know, the friendliest places in the United States. Uh, secondly, I did, I have I have so much respect for them because they're just as passionate of a fan base as we are. And I look at like some of the things that they've been through. It's kind of similar to that of the Saints. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't know, man. I just don't have an issue with like. I don't have no issue with the Seahawks. I really don't. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to make this about Saints and Seahawks, but, you know, they do have a lot of similarities. You know what I'm saying? Like, their winning percentage over the past decade is, like, almost neck and neck, you know. But in games that matter most, man, the Seahawks got the Saints number. I mean, we can't forget about Beast Quake, you know what I'm saying, when Marshawn Lynch, like, ran over the entire Saints team. Uh, we can't forget about uh, the Saints – uh, getting like ram, you know what I'm saying? Like ram ride it, you know what I'm saying? And ran all over in Seattle in the playoffs on the Seattle way to the Super Bowl. And you know, I mean, we can't forget about that Monday night football game, you know, when the New Orleans Saints fans had to turn the game off because Seattle beat the brakes off of them. So, I mean, but the Saints have beaten the Seattle Seahawks, you know, in some crucial games as well. So, I mean, I don't have no issue with Seattle. I think we, I think Seattle, I think Seattle, Cleveland, New Orleans, I think they got some of the most passionate fans in football. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm so serious. Like, those are the, those are the fan base. Like, cause I, I just think that they're like such, 
blue collar, uh, blue collar people. You know what I'm saying? Like taking your last bit of money to go cheer for your favorite team. Like that, that's what I think about when I think of Cleveland and I think of Seattle. And you can even throw Buffalo in there. Those are the type of teams that you know. I, I look. I'm always gonna have. I'm always gonna have respect for. It. I'm always gonna have respect for them. So I don't have any issues with Seattle. So I don't know who the Seattle fan was in here. I don't have no issue with them at all. And I can understand why he would be upset. Like just him coming here and saying that, like you can really feel like the passion coming from that comment. That's the way, like that's the way most Saints fans feel about Drew Brees. When we talk about man need to retire, man, he need to go on somewhere. That's the same type of passion we feel when somebody talks about Drew Brees. So no problem with them on that. Do you think Mark Ingram will come back next season? Uh, oh, man, I'm on the fence with this one. I'm on the fence with this one. I would love to see him back. Uh, but um, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, we, we, we are, I don't say we, the Saints organization has a tendency of digging into the crates, right? You bring back Malcolm Jenkins, you brought back Ken Crawley, you brought back Patrick Robinson. So, I mean, Stefan Anthony made an appearance. So why not? Why not? Real Tampa fans, uh, do I spend uh, 1000 on ticket front row 2015 when we played uh, Philly? Well, man, shouts out to you. Like, I, I said at the beginning, I said at the beginning, man, um, I got respect for people out there that's been, man, that's been out there just rooting for the team, pulling their hair out, so frustrated at the at the unsuccessful seasons that they had and for you to win. I applaud you for that. I applaud your longevity and your commitment to your squad. The ones I don't respect are the people that's grandstanding grandstanding you know and hot dogging as the late great macho man randy savage would say those are the people that i can't respect casey said jimmy graham back to the saints um red zone situations i don't know if uh jimmy can run the way he once did anymore 50 50 ball probably still there because of his height if you want to bring him back why not but man, I'm I'm over this, man. Like I would rather just, I want to see what Adam Troutman can do, and I want to see the Saints actually draft another tight end. You know what I'm saying? Let, let's get some young dogs up in here. Uh, try to get you somebody that that's been in the league, that's kind of been on the cusp, and, and, and let's try to get him up in here, man. But besides, you know, just keep on, you know, getting these old players with the bad knees and ankles that can't run no more, and only can put them in for situational situations. I'm not about that, man. Like, let, let's just move forward. Locker room thanks. RTP crazy. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of cloudy years in Tampa. Yeah. And like I said, for that, I applaud y'all. I applaud y'all for that. There's nothing like when your team wins after so many snake bitten seasons. I still remember that that championship, you know, when the Saints won it. I still remember that. And I never, I'll never forget it. Because I never thought it would happen in my lifetime. I'm just going to be serious. I've been a Saints fan since 1990, okay? So I'm, I'm going to say that, you know? And I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm pretty sure, like, I have 
you know, times where I was a baby, you know what I'm saying, and the Saints games was on the radio or television. But I'm just talking about as far as, like, I can actually remember being a Saints fan. I was four years old. So I can remember all those dark ages and, and when they sucked and when they were stinking it up, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I can remember, like, who was the best player, like, on each Saints team throughout my, my childhood, you know? I remember those years when the Saints had promising players and Tom Benson was too cheap to keep them, like Leroy Glover and Joe Johnson and Sammy Knight. You know, when you had those uh, guys, you know, Norman Hand, you know what I'm saying? Like, people like that. I remember those days. I remember when the Saints had a really good tight end in Cam Cleveland, and they allowed him to go because they didn't want to pay him. Like, I remember when the Saints traded everything they had for Ricky Williams. So when I actually seen them win in my lifetime, I mean, it was it was amazing. Y'all robbed us in the trade for Jimmy Graham. No, they didn't. Uh, no, they did not. No, they did not. Uh, if, if, if you're talking, uh, if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, y'all won. You know what I'm saying? And if you're a Saints fan, you won. Because Max Unger was a, a really good center. Didn't give up not one sack. Only had one penalty throughout his entire time with the Saints. And that that wasn't even a penalty. It was in a divisional game versus the, the Philadelphia Eagles. And Jimmy Graham, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think he had a Achilles injury. But right before he left, like, he was, like, one of the best tight ends in football before he actually ended up leaving Seattle. So I think both teams actually benefited from that. TJ Shackberry wants the bag. Do you see who's getting it? Uh, do I see him getting it? You know, you know that who that for life. I'm, I'm gonna be real. Um, if I'm Shaq Barrett, I'm going to the highest bidder right now. You're a two-time Super Bowl winning champion. I'm not saying this because look, I understand Tampa. You probably say, oh man, you just saying this because you want to see him go. No, I'm being realistic here. You're a two-time Super Bowl champion. You won one with Denver. You won one with Tampa, right? Now it's about getting that bag. It's about getting that money. So if the Jets call you up, I'm answering the phone. If the Jaguars call me up, I'm answering the phone. I mean, if uh, you know what I'm saying, who, who else are? If the, if the Bengals calling up, I'm answering the phone. Because, look, I'm already a champion. I already, you know what I'm saying, I'm, I'm already solidified myself as a champion. So let's just go get this money. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think about people like Malcolm Butler, right? Malcolm Butler, Super Bowl hero, two-time Super Bowl champion, goes to Tennessee. Why would you leave a really good franchise in New England and go to Tennessee, right? It's about money. So I would. I mean, I feel like the situation, I feel like the situation is different, right? If you're if you're a player that's good, right? But you never get over the hump, never win a championship. Maybe you want to stay with that same franchise to bring it there if you if you're like on the on the brink of, of winning. But if you actually want, now you can go out there and like progressive, you can name your price. So if I'm Shaq Barrett, I'm going out there, I'm going to the highest bidder. I won a championship twice, right? I'm already in the in the sands of time when it comes to championships. When 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 people go to Canton, Ohio, and they go into that room where all 55 Super Bowl uh, champions are. My name is on two of those lists. I'm going out there. I'm making me some money. Like, period. 
Just stick in Tampa. Uh, get, go, repeat. Bucks, Bucks goal game. Championships are important. Yes. But money is really important to these guys also. And like I said, if you get the job done, you get become a champion. I think guys are more... I think guys are more uh, willing to go to places where a team is struggling to get that bag. I'm serious. Like you, come on, man. Like that, that's just the way, <laughs> that's just the way it is. You know, like, I, I mean, it like realistically, you know what I'm saying? Logically, like that makes sense. But to me, you know, I would go somewhere else. Man, shouts out to Tony, man. Tony, uh, good football mind right here. I had, a, I had an interesting debate with Tony. Tony says, Buck got cap space. I say Shaq is back. How do you think New Orleans are going to overcome their cap issues in 2021? Man, shouts out to Tony, man. Tony, thank you very much uh, for being a part of the State of Saints podcast. Good uh, conversation, my friend. But uh, look, check this out. Um, what about Levante David? What about, you know what I'm saying, like some of these other guys that you're going to have to pay? And like I said, I mean, you have the – like, they have the funds to do it. You have the funds to do it because you still got a lot of guys on rookie deals. Devin White still on his rookie deal. Uh, a guy who I am not uh, looking forward to uh, dealing with every single year, Antoine Whitfield, he's still a rookie. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have some of these other guys. I think maybe, like, Chris Godwin might end up being a, a cap casualty. Uh, I, I think that – you can pay them, but this guy can, like, really make a lot of money here. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, he can really make a lot of money, Tony, somewhere else. And like I said, I mean, you 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 don't – you can you can be a champion or you can be rich beyond your wildest dream. You're already a champion, right? You have nothing else to prove. Like, go somewhere else where you can get the most money. That's just the way I think, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, Shaq Barrett, a champion. Uh, pay Chris Godwin. I think Chris Godwin is gone. Like, I'm serious. I think Chris I think Chris Godwin is gone, man, because who's that kid out of Minnesota that makes all those clutch catches, man? I'm, I'm sorry. His name's escaped me. I know him and Bateman, you know what I'm saying? The, the other wide receiver at Minnesota, them boys was beast, okay? But – that dude, that dude is coming. You know what I'm saying? Like he was good at Minnesota. I can't think of his name. Somebody, uh, somebody, help me out here. One of one of you Bucks fans. But that dude is going to be a problem. You know what I'm saying? Like he gonna be he gonna be an issue. And you know what I'm saying? Like he he's making Chris Godwin expendable. Tyler Johnson, thank you. Tyler Johnson. You know what I'm saying? He making Chris Godwin expendable. When you look at Chris Godwin dropping passes and and making all those mistakes and stuff like that. I think he gone. I, I think I th- like as a as a Buck fan, if you were to have Tyler Johnson over Chris Godwin, I wouldn't lose no sleep. I, I wouldn't lose no sleep. Like Tyler Johnson, that kid is good, man. Like we only seen like flashes of him, like making those clutch catches. He only gonna get better as a route runner, and he's only scratched the surface of what he actually can be. So. Why, you know what I'm saying, like, would you pay a guy when you got a younger guy on a rookie deal that you can get the same amount of production over? I wouldn't. 
I mean, I, I would let Chris Godwin go. I think Chris Godwin needs surgery still for his hand, I think. Yeah, that's true, but look, yeah, here's the thing. Chris Godwin is going to make a lot of money. Somebody's going to offer Chris Godwin. Like, y'all have two number one receivers on y'all team. For the last couple of years, y'all had two number one receivers. Chris Godwin had better numbers according to Pro Football Focus last season than Mike Evans even did. So there's a team out there that's going to pay him number one money. And I would be highly surprised. I would be highly surprised if Chris Godwin is, is, is still in a Tampa Bay uniform after this season, uh, after you know, with the start of the 2021 season, I would be highly, highly surprised if he's still on the squad. I'm going to subscribe to your channel. You seem like a wholesome dude who is passionate. Well, thank you very much, Washington, man. I appreciate it. You seem like one as well. You know, I, I felt that Russell Wilson comment that you uh, had earlier. I, I really do, man. Like, that passion, I, I can feel that passion through that comment. Like, seriously. You know, like, because I, I see this so much when it comes to Saints fans reading their comments here. And I, I, I can I can understand how you can feel like that's blasphemous for, for us to even insinuate that. I, I respect that, you know, but this is the NFL, man. And um, in NFL, we, we don't know. You know what I'm saying? There's no really, there's no such thing as a sure thing. Uh, Tony, I would give y'all props. Y'all won and all, and the NFC South is one of the best divisions out there. It ain't one. It is the best division. In the past decade, it, it has been. The West is coming. The NFC West is coming, but the South been really good. And it took Tom Brady for people to really start paying attention to the South. The Bengals would pay Chris Godwin number one money. Joe Burrow could use another weapon. Uh, well, T. Higgins needs another year. Uh, please let A.J. Green go. Please let him go. Please let him go somewhere. Like, where well, this guy can compete for a championship. Uh, but I can see I can see Chris Godwin going somewhere. Um, like I said, man, when guys win championships, you know, they, they're willing to tolerate things a little bit more. You know, you know, for the sake of more money, right? Because you're like, well, at least I won a championship already. You know, you kind of can tolerate those things. But if I if I was a betting man, um, I can see Chris Godwin out in Las Vegas. I can see him out in Vegas. Um, I can also see him playing for the Rams. Ram, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I can see him, you know, mm, I'm I'm trying to see another team. That I can see him, but you know what I'm saying? The one that I can see him in Chicago. Um, and that was one more team I, I was just thinking about. Is how I can see him in Cincinnati as well. You know what I'm saying? I can see him in Cincinnati, but I, I, I would think that he'll go somewhere like Vegas. Like he he would be a good complimentary uh for uh Ruggs, Henry Ruggs the third, like. Henry Ruggs is your speedy guy. And then you got Chris Godwin, who can be your route running guy. So you got a good one-two punch right there, right? Henry Ruggs is a guy who can take the top off. And you got Chris Godwin, a guy that can run all those routes, okay? Uh, Chris Godwin in Detroit, that's possible. But look, Detroit needs to uh, keep Kenny Galladay. Um, Kenny Galladay is the modern-day Marcus Colston to me. Uh, Kenny Galladay is a guy that gets very little respect. 
Um, a guy that a lot of people don't pay attention to because of the down years in Detroit. But he has always been a pillar of consistency out there in Detroit. I can see Chris Godwin going to Detroit, but if I was to keep Kenny Galladay, I would I would keep Kenny Galladay. I keep I would keep him. I would keep him and uh try to uh you know build uh, offense around him, maybe draft another wide receiver, right? To be able to compliment him. You got Marvin Jones, who's been in the league for a while, still making plays, but still getting up there in age, man. Um so and also I can see uh Chris Godwin for the 49ers as well. I can see him playing for the 49ers. Guy went to the Giants. Galladay will stay. Yeah. I, like, I got so much respect for Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay, Keenan Allen, probably two of the most underrated wide receivers in football. Nobody talks about those guys for some apparent reason. But those are guys that I'm glad that I don't have to see uh, in a division because those guys can be game records. And those are two guys that don't get the respect they deserve for being good. Uh, Chris Godwin in Arizona is scary. Yeah, but I mean, you got Hopkins. You got the best wide receiver in football in Arizona. So I don't see it. TJ, could you see OBJ go Bucks? Uh, anything's possible. You know, anything's possible. But here's the thing, man. Like, the Buccaneers, I understand, like, what, what y'all are doing. You know what I'm saying? But you want to you wanna get away from – you want to get away from just going out there just – stockpiling you know what i'm saying a bunch of talent for like you know what i'm saying for big money contracts right you know what i'm saying like you, you have a good nucleus right now you got a good combination of guys that are still on rookie deals and guys that you can kind of bring in but obj has a really big contract and look like i said you got tyler johnson you got mike evans you got scotty miller uh, you probably can negotiate something with ab for him to come back no need to go out there and just break the bank when you don't have to. So, Allen Robinson. Uh, yeah, Allen Robinson, definitely uh, underrated to me. I respect his passion. Um, very frustrated, um, you know, at what's going on in Chicago. Yeah, he's he's underrated too. Bro, you can uh can you imagine us losing Marcus Williams to the Falcons or any other team in the South? Wouldn't surprise me though. Wouldn't surprise me. Look, Marcus Williams is a good safety. You know, he's a really good football player. I respect him a lot. Uh, I think he gets a lot of uh criticism due to that 2017 Minneapolis miracle. But I look, I got a lot of respect for guys that get better every single season. Like you see little, little things that improves year to year. And those are the guys that I'm willing to invest in if I'm a GM. If I see a guy that is basically regressing or he hasn't got any better or any worse, and let's just say he's been with my organization three, four years, then I'm willing to move him, you know, before I would actually move a guy that actually improves. That is why, you know, I don't understand, like, some Saints fans are talking about putting Michael Thomas on the trade block or, talking about Alvin Kamara and all that kind of stuff when he was dealing with his injuries. You always want to invest in guys that you see improve from year to year. And there are going to be times where guys are going to get hurt and you're going to have to, uh, you know, bite the bullet sometimes. And it becomes frustrating because you need those guys' production to get you over the hump. But I'm not going to look at a guy and say, oh, he's hurt. Oh, and I'm going to forget about those years where this guy – 
has been extremely productive in helping my team be successful. So I'm always going to pay a guy that, that puts his best foot forward and gets better. I'm not so much focused on a guy that probably has one year of production because I'm always wondering to myself, why is he being as productive? Maybe he understands it's a contract year and he's playing with empty pockets and he's trying to maximize his portfolio once again. So important. Uh, TJ, do you see Dak Prescott in a different uniform to start training camp? Um, look, Hunter, if this was a different team, different circumstances, probably so. But we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys here, Hunter. And when you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys, you have an owner in Jared Jones who likes to be high profile. He likes to be the center of attention. He didn't like the fact that, you know, the Cowboys were like flying under the radar. And the fact that he put Dak Prescott on a franchise tag and he had a very horrific injury. And I'm, I'm glad I'm hearing all positive things about Dak him making a speedy recovery. But for you to go out here and say that, um, you know, we're going to get rid of him. It, it makes you look like the biggest jerk on God's green earth. And Jerry Jones cares a lot about what people think about him. You know what I'm saying? Like he cares about perception, how people look at him. And I, if, if, if Dak didn't get hurt, let's just say he played on a franchise tag and he played the entire season, I think we'll be singing a different tune. But the fact that he actually got hurt, I think that makes Jerry – Stephen Jones, Cowboys organization, more willing to negotiate a contract with him because they don't want to look like the bad guys. Because regardless, right, you look at the Dallas Cowboys team without Dak Prescott. Dallas Cowboy fans are going to be like, look, man, we at least we had a chance with Dak. That's going to be the first thing, right? That's going to be the first narrative. Like you had a chance when Dak was in the game. They're going to look towards that Atlanta Falcon game. They're going to look at like some of the fact when they were down and Dak with his late game heroics to put them back in the game, put them close to a win. Why you ain't signing them in that regards? Then they're going to also look at the fact of, man, well, Jerry Cole is hell for that because the guy basically gave us his all and cooling his limbs in order for us to win a game. He's a warrior. Why you ain't paying him? Like I said, Jerry cares a lot about what people think about him and how the world perceives him. That's the main reason. If Dak didn't get hurt, maybe we'll be talking about something different. But the fact that Dak got hurt the way that he did on a franchise tag, I think you might see him back with the Cowboys in that because of that. OBJ healthy is top three, the Red Pearl. Look, thing about it is uh, this is a league of results, Rick. You know what I'm saying? Who that for life? This is a league about results. Like, Right now, Obel Beckham Jr. is living off of that one-handed catch he had on Brandon Carr a couple years ago. That one-handed catch on national television that catapulted him to being one of those top receivers. And he has been inconsistent over the past few years. Now, you can talk about him leaving New York to go to Cleveland, but I would then invite anybody to explain to me how is it that when he left Cleveland, he got hurt, they became better, and Baker Mayfield became a better quarterback. So, to me, um, Odell Beckham Jr., he has a lot of unanswered questions right now. He has to answer a lot of questions here. like, And, and he's slowly starting to move down the chart, you know, like for elite receivers because, you know, you have DeAndre Hopkins, you know what I'm saying? He has a good year, okay? Let's just say if Odell up here, right? 
Then he, DeAndre Hopkins comes. Well, then Michael Thomas comes. Well, then Chris Godwin has a good year. Well, then you have Justin Jefferson. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. and then you have C, you know what I'm saying? CD Lamb, and you know what I'm saying? All these other cats. So you got to be real careful, man, because out of sight, out of mind. And you slowly start to move down the depth chart. So right now, people are forgetting how good Odell is. He has to play in order to remind these people how good he is because as of right now, uh, he, he's living off what he did back in the day. I mean, I don't make the rules, right? It's about results, right? The NFL is, is about results, okay? I think we all can agree to that no matter if you're a Buck fan, a Saints fan, a Falcon fan here, a Seahawks fan. It's about results, right? And it, it doesn't matter what you did last year. doesn't matter what you did last month. It don't matter what you did, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. It's 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 matter what you do right now. And right now, Odell Beckham is a guy with a lot of talent, but he's slowly moving down the depth chart. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, you got Hopkins, Thomas, uh, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson. You know what I'm saying? Ceedee Lamb. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So you got all these talented receivers right there that are slowly starting to make him move down the pecking order. Out of sight, out of mind. I'll take a few more questions, then we're going to get up out of here. Um, I'm still damn good. That's Odell. Who said he's top three? He has top three talent. I think that's what he said, Brandon. He said he's top three talent. I don't know if he said he's top three in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, DK has a lot to prove, man. Looks at his start, uh, stats when he goes against man coverage against the best corner in the league. Well, look, he's he's young, man. He has a grown man body, but he's still young. So he he, he was right in that regards. He talked talk about why he rocks the pacifier mouthpiece. So, I mean, he's a he looks like a grown man, but he's a baby in the game. Uh, OBJ and Julio in the same boat. I wouldn't put Julio in there. Um, I wouldn't put Julio Jones in there because Julio still is productive. And he's a game record when he's in and healthy. So, I mean – I put it like this, look no further in that Atlanta Falcon game when it was like 4th and 11 or 4th and 15, and he was in and out of the lineup against the Saints, and he had the hamstring issue. He came in on the 4th down and converted the 1st down. I mean, look, Julio, when healthy, is still one of the best in the league. I'm not willing to wash my hands with Julio. That's just a fact. TJ, I love OBJ. I think he gets uh, a bad rap. Uh, He cares a lot. That makes a lot of people mad about that. Well, look. Um, you can become over-emotional. Um, that's how I am sometimes. Sometimes I can get over-emotional and I can get out of my position. And I feel like uh, with Odell, it's the same way. Odell can get out of his position sometimes. And he gets so far out of his position, it takes him out of the game. Uh, think about the Josh Norman situation, right? I mean, Josh Norman was all the way in his head. I mean, Dude put up oceanfront property. Dude put up the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, he put up the Empire State Building inside the mind of Odell Beckham Jr. in that game and throughout his career. And it put him, you know what I'm saying, like it took him completely out of the game. So sometimes you got to be able to channel that emotion and, and turn it into production. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's the only issue that I have with Odell. Like people wouldn't care if you were passionate. But what happens when that passion takes you completely out of the game? You know? So, 
Saints will make it to the playoffs again, but won't make it to the Super Bowl. Well, look, it remains to be seen, man. But as a Saints fan, I'm going to continue to root for the team, and I'm going to continue to have optimism, you know. That doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> it was a lot of uh, suspect calls that went Tampa's way uh, in the Green Bay game. Two Tampa uh, has a new name, Tampa Bay Flag Bowl Buccaneers. <laughs> Look, man, despite they still the champions, there's nothing really we can do about it. So, TJ, for NFL commissioner, get rid of Goodell Saints coach or something honest and know your ish. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know, man. Look, I don't know what the vendetta is against the Saints, but it seems like they do. It seems like the, the rules are set up for, for everybody else, and then there's rules set up for the Saints. How can the Saints be penalized for not having masks and locker room celebrations after wins, but you have other teams around the National Football League? I mean, they don't even get as far as a, a phone call. I, I don't understand that. But, look, I don't want to turn this into a pity party about the war is me, Saints. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I ain't trying to do that. It's uh, uh, it's unfortunate. But, look, you got to be able to – look, I, you know what frustrates me the most Um it's when you know that your team is talented and you have to play close to the vest and you're in phone boot games because you're limited offensively. And then you watch other teams, you know, who break through the glass ceiling and they run a gauntlet through the playoffs and they make it look easy. Like that, that would frustrate me as a fan because the Saints have the talent to do the same thing these teams are doing and it just doesn't happen for them. That's what frustrates me when you should be blowing a team out, but you can't make the kill shot. You can't throw the ball down the field and get that and make that kill shot to separate yourself for, for your defense to be able to pin their ears back and get after the, uh, the other opposite team. That's what frustrates me. And Tim says, worry Deontay getting injured will be a regular thing because his side as he runs like, He's 240, but he's not. Well, he's an explosive player, but yeah, that is a concern. But who knows, man? Guys at the beginning of their career start getting hurt, and then it doesn't happen for them anymore. So. TJ Bucks uh, versus Saints week one matchup. Well, if it is, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know it's going to be a primetime game, Sunday night football, because the champs always open the season. Well, normally they do. Uh, you know, I don't think for the 100th anniversary they did. I think they had the Bears and the, and the Packers do it. You don't read about your team. Ask TJ about Bounty Gate. Uh, look, I don't know what was said about Bounty Gate, but I think there's this misconception. Like, it's hard for me to believe that that's the reason why the Saints went to the Super Bowl. Like, you still have to understand that in order for them to get shots on a quarterback, they still got to get close to him, you know? So I don't feel like that was the reason why they won a Super Bowl. Now, you can talk about Bounty Gate and say that it was unethical. Okay, I'm with you on that. You can talk about Bounty Gate uh, being despicable and a slap in the face to the league. Okay, you got an argument there. But to say that the Saints won the Super Bowl because of that, I have to disagree with that. Because, like I said, in order for them to get to Bear for they have to get pressure on him. Like, they got to push the offensive lineman back towards him. 
in order for them to even touch him. So I don't I don't think that's the reason. And then you have to you have to keep in mind that game went all the way to overtime. Like so if the goal was to get Brad Favre out of the game, I mean it was very unsuccessful, you know. And let's finish it up with uh, Jay says, yep, because he wanted to be a same, but Drew Brees took too long to make a decision and wind up staying. Uh, if we would have got Brady, oh, man. Yep. That's the way it goes sometimes, man, you know. You know, that's the way it goes sometimes. But no regrets here, man. You know, we just move forward, man. It's full speed ahead, man. Congratulations to the Buccaneers, uh, you know. You know what I'm saying? Happy for the those loyal fans out there. And that's what we're trying to do, man. We're trying to build. We're trying to become a better version. The Saints are trying to become a better version of themselves. And uh, that, that's very, very important. I'm looking forward to it, man. You know, win, lose, or draw, I'm going to be here as a Saints fan. I don't know about everybody else, but I'm going to be here. And I'm still going to be optimistic about the next season, the season after that, and the season after that, despite what happened. And I'm still going to be here to give it to you all, man. So, Thank you to everybody that are uh, fans that are out, you know, that are not Saints fans that came and be a part of the State of the Saints podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you all for the love and the support. And this has been the State of the Saints podcast. Once again, my name is TJ Johnson. Hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com, search the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by our proud sponsor, uh, Manscaped. Uh, go to manscaped.com, uh, check out some of their great products. Uh, for all my fellas out there, man, got you got your ladies, right? It's very important, you know what I'm saying, to keep yourself looking good and, you know what I'm saying, well-groomed for your lady. So Manscaped has great products, man, you know what I'm saying, to, for you all to, you know, check out. And if you go and you like something, there's a promo code you can use. You can use State of Saints. Use the promo code State of Saints and you'll get 20% off. So if you want to support the State of Saints podcast, check out manscaped.com and use the promo code State of Saints, save 20%. Previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. For my wrestling fans out there, check out the TJ Knows Wrestling podcast. Uh, will premiere on tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be focusing uh what did i say i already did that well we're gonna i don't know who we're gonna be focused on i think I, i'll let you all know uh on tomorrow on twitter um you know what i'm saying follow me at state of saints i can't remember i have it written down somewhere but on the tj knows wrestling podcast we focus on one particular wrestler each and every week and i take your questions about modern day wrestling so uh be on the lookout man great show uh for all my wrestling fans out there and also the state of the game podcast where uh, we don't really so much focus on Saints talk. We talk talk about sports. So uh, make sure you subscribe to that channel as well. TJ Knows Wrestling also available on YouTube. A lot going on, man. A lot going on uh, here, man. So we've got a podcast for everybody. You know what I'm saying? The casual sports fan, the wrestling fan, and it's most importantly, the Saints fan. So thank you all so much. Have a good, productive morning, night, evening, whenever you're watching this show. And like always, all I got to say is, who that?